0: You're listening to Brown
1: on Brand, featuring Matthew Brown on ThumbStomper.fm. You'll be the first guest here at at Synapse 2020 with Soma Global, and it's a cloud-based public safety platform, public safety platform, and... You know, interesting enough, we had a short conversation, um, you know, before the Synapse conference. And I pr- again, I appreciate you coming down here. Uh, the You're in the software business, I right? Have, I have been, yes. Yeah, you, you have been in the software S- business. Uh, almost 25 years now. Okay, great. And um, so when I think that, you know, I looked at your website and I see emergency dispatch, I see, you know, records keeping for, you know, security and local law enforcement. And then I see a plethora of other services. Yep. Like if I were just to meet you on the street or in an elevator and, um, you know, what would you tell me? Yeah. So basically the way you think
0: about it is we do everything from the moment the 911 call comes into a dispatch center okay. until all the way through the dispatching the units, uh, assigning units to the scene. Um, all the uh, records keeping that goes along with the incident, like incident reports, yep. arrest reports, all the way through booking them
1: through jail and releasing them from, uh, from jail. Oh, wow. So that whole life cycle of uh, criminal. Wow. And so if I backed way up, then I've got to think, like, what is the value proposition that you give to these local agencies when you go in? Are you doing like most software companies where you're trying to eliminate, you know, human you know, uh, activity from that? Is it more about the security angle? Is it more about the traditional software angle? Yeah. I think that, uh, I don't think the space is
0: there yet where you're trying to eliminate any, any, uh, person in that life cycle. You're trying to make them more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our value proposition and why we started the company was, uh, I was in this business about 15 years ago. I was part of a private, private equity group that acquired a company like ours, but 15 years ago. Oh, okay. And uh, I got drawn back into it uh, three and a half years ago. And the technology hadn't moved in in the 15 years. I was gone. And what was worse was the the market was such that the players in the space were getting rolled up. So products were getting end of life. Uh, The customer service had sort of fallen off the cliff. So I thought there was a good market opportunity to get back into it. Number one, providing... Uh, a modern platform uh, with modern technology, and number two, providing a, a better level of
1: service. Okay. And obviously being from the kind of the security vertical, if you will, yep. the, um, and I don't play in that space at all. I mean, there are obvious things that we have to do as a cloud-based software company, but we're, we're dealing in retail data. And, you know, you're dealing in some really critical data, right? Yeah, yeah. And so what happens there? Like with the infrastructure, how does that change the cost side of it? Does it, you know, what? Well, tell, so tell me about this. Yeah, so there's a couple of things.
0: One is the the reliability of the software. And being in the cloud, actually the getting into the business and, and being a cloud-based provider, I was uh, worried that the agencies and, and uh, these uh, law enforcement agencies would be weary of the cloud. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Amazon, for example, who's a good uh, cloud partner of ours, yeah, yeah. they, invest, yeah, they yeah. invest a lot of money in, yep. in technologies that will allow um, highly available systems and, and highly reliable systems. Yeah. So building onto that infrastructure gives us the peace of mind that we can deliver that reliability to uh, our agencies. Um, and then the second side of it is the security. And there are a lot of security standards around the space to protect that. It's sort of like, it's called sieges standards. And it's okay. sort of
1: like HIPAA is to uh, healthcare, as sieges is to uh, criminal data. Okay. And do you do a lot of shows? Are you at the you know, security-type shows and conventions? Um, we are there. Uh, we uh, typically,
0: at least to this point, haven't done a big booth presence or anything like that. Okay. Uh, More we're, boots on the ground? Yeah, we're boots on the ground. We have a private suite, uh, arrange a bunch of private yeah, yeah.
1: demos, and it just works for, for us better that way. You uh, know, I found shows to do the same thing for us in our verticals where initially we spent a lot of capital trying to have a big presence, and we realized sometimes being boots on the ground gives you the ability where you're not tied into your booth, you know, talking to people that might not be decision makers and you can much better use your efforts to kind of target those shows. When you're marketing a company like this, is it, are you doing the traditional stuff or since you're going after mostly, mostly government, right? Right. Um, So a lot of our, uh, of our marketing has just
0: been word of mouth and reference based up until this point. Uh, we've, We've sort of taken pride in our approach uh, with agencies and the the high level of service we provide them. And all of our business has been a very warm referral from another agency. Oh, really? And uh, although last year we started to dip our toe in a little bit more uh, just c- content marketing, okay. and we try and do everything in, on, a, on a modern mm-hmm. stack, not only the technology, but the way we market, the way we sell, the way we service and operate. And when we get deeper into uh feeling out our marketing uh, uh, efforts a bit more. I think it'll be more on the modern, uh, you know, content marketing efforts. It, and it's great doing this because I, I want to do a podcast for yeah. our space
1: too. Yeah, we talked about that and I think you got, you have a great voice and a great presence for it. So I think you'd be very successful. Um, and I could definitely help you with some of the equipment and the mistakes that I made, you know, when I, when I got started. That um, would be awesome. You know, so how long have you been around? Like how many years has Soma Global been a company? Uh, I just last week had my third birthday. Oh, really? Okay. So 36 months into this thing, right? And can we talk about the size of the number of agencies and things that you support? Sure. Uh, closed our 42nd agency, uh, this week. Congratulations.
0: And, uh, uh, closed our first agency about eight months into the company life.
1: Okay. Wow. Um, oh, the crowd's getting excited out here now. It's really picking up.
0: <laughs> so, I, I mean, in a space where government sales is typically a very long sales cycle, sure. you know, having 42 agencies and had, having closed our first
1: one from scratch right. yeah. in, in eight months uh, is, you know, a, a milestone we're proud of. Definitely. And, you know, you're hunting elephants and I'm in the same business with Thumbstopper and branding myself trying to find those elephants. It's a long sales cycle. It's a big investment. It's the reason the SaaS companies kind of reap the valuation rewards from that because of the amount of time and energy it takes to not have a perfect mousetrap, but to get people to utilize that mousetrap. Were you doing something before security in the software space? Um,
0: yeah, my last big startup was uh, a company called Nomi. It was we actually started, and it was based out in New York. I okay. commuted from Tampa there every Monday through Friday for a year, then moved there for a year, and then the company yeah. was sold, and I moved back. Wow. Wow. But um, Yeah. Why, it's,
1: why'd you do that? Why'd you have it out of New York?
0: Um, nine years ago, uh, got, met my wife, got married 10 years ago, met my wife, got married nine years ago, moved down from Chicago to Tampa. Okay. Um, and Are you a Cub fan? I am a Cub fan. Okay, great. Yes. All right. So No wonder the, we get along. <laughs> the, the original intent was my, my wife was going to move up to Chicago, I was going to network down here, move down here eventually and just start a business. And uh, a project that was interesting brought me down here. I came, uh, uh, worked on it for a year and a half, heads down. This is nine years ago now. Lifted my head up and looked around, and the startup space was nowhere near what it what you see here. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And Tampa's uh,
1: really grown up.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and my only opportunity to really get back uh, and do a startup was not in Tampa. Okay. Um, so that's why it was New York. I-
1: gotcha. Yeah, I remember landing in Tampa and. You know pulling out and it was an old driving range you know yeah. off of boy scout there so i mean my god how the city's grown up and you know now the tech space is heated up and you know maybe we were pioneers in that
0: Yep, yep and uh you know I'm, when i moved back i i told my wife i'm 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 never leaving tampa again so i'm not starting either. yeah i'm not i and, and starting soma was really i you know if i'm going to stay in tampa i need to do something completely by myself we haven't raised any venture capital. I didn't want to have. I didn't want to have to get you. drawn out of out of the city because of a raise. Okay. Um, and you are know, you
1: looking for money currently? No.
0: Good. No, we don't need it. I love it. Uh, we built the business because I fought through without it as well. Uh, because because we're in, in in the business that we're in and there are long sales cycles, and you really have to understand the space to 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 be able to withstand you know being an, uh, a startup in a space where cloud back then wasn't proven uh, yeah. with long sales cycles. I didn't want to have the pressures of capital on the yeah. business. So we did it in a way to get to profitability as quick as possible. And we crossed that uh, path yeah. last year. Good. Um, and I mean, that,
1: that gives you s- so many freedoms you didn't have before and yep. not having to do it with the, the debt side, the private equity or the VC side. You don't need a banker screwing your business up. Well, so, you know, now retro, you know, retrospectively looking at it, um,
0: I'm happy I did it that way for a couple of reasons. Um, One, I didn't want the pressures. I wanted my autonomy. Um, But... uh, That's huge. Yeah. But, you know, the, the forced path, growth path that you would go down with venture capital, it's hard to sustain that growth in this space because of the sales cycle and the adoption rate. Oh yeah. So I didn't want to get into a situation where the the life of the company was reliant on my next raise. Right. So you Because know, I've seen, I've been in the startup space for a long time. It becomes
1: I, a full-time job, it, right? Yep. It's like I had the company public at one time. I felt like I had two companies. I was running the public side of the company and then the company side of the company. And raising money is the same way. It becomes such a distraction. You're told no so many times. It rips the heart out of entrepreneurs. Yep. It'll rip the heart and soul out of an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And in this space, I would you know,
0: it would crush me to have to turn to my 42 agencies and say, we have to shut the lights in 30 days because the switching cost in my space is so high. They can't get off a platform like mine in 30 days onto another platform. And, and I learned this really early on. Yeah. I had all the stresses of a startup hiring people, making sure their families were taken care of, but if our software goes down people can die yeah so there's a huge responsibility we have to yes. our law enforcement and our responders to have a,
1: not only a, an app that's up and highly available but a business that's viable and for the long term absolutely yeah and that's how you keep it healthy if you can you know you grind in the early times without the cap, Capital being, you know, pushed in from outside influences. If you can keep it as close as possible, yep. You know, customers out there, potential customers of SOMO Global, they have to be breathing a sigh of relief that you're not private equity based. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, people think the entrepreneur, oh, I, you know, the answer is I go out and raise all this money. And I try to tell bankers this all the time. You know, sometimes they have this attitude that they're the important people because they have the money. But I'll tell you what's more important than the money: what the CEO does with it. Yep, that's the that's the execution point about whether that money is important or not because it can go away. Yeah, and and just as they're making a lot of bets. Um, a, 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 a,
0: A CEO, an inexperienced CEO, too, on top of it, can use money in a wrong wrong way also, meaning they'll they'll solve problems by throwing money at it. And when you're forced to do what we did early on, we're solving problems by being smart,
1: by operating efficiently. Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Taking, you know, planning, managing, and executing. If you plan and you manage, you have a shot at executing. And that's what it is. It's being down in the grind. Well, hey, thank you, Peter, for coming by. And uh, I really appreciate the tone, the story about your business. Soma Global, um, just a fantastic opportunity. If you're an agency, you know, give them a look. Thank you, Peter. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember, subscribe to Brown on Brand at Thumbstopper.fm or wherever fine podcasts can be found.